Hi everyone, my name is Stephen, and welcome to the Bamboo History Podcast. There's a lot of things I really want to talk about when it comes to Chinese history, so I was a bit stuck at first as to what topics to talk about. In the end, I decided the best way to open up this podcast and get everyone to truly understand Chinese history was to explain the main group of people involved in its history, and that is the Han Chinese people. So yeah, let's just get straight into it. The Han Chinese, or Han people for short, is China's largest ethnic group. The Han Chinese forms about 92% of China's population in the present day, and it is the largest ethnic group in the world. I'm ethnically Han, and chances are the Chinese bloke or Sheila you've met in your life is most likely a Han person as well. Nowadays, especially outside of China, the idea of being a Han person is non-existent. We're all simply Chinese, which isn't wrong. But if we want to understand Chinese history, differentiating Han and Chinese is really important. So why is it important? Because Chinese history makes that distinction. Historically, through the various dynasties, China was a nation state for the Han people exclusively and ruled by Han Chinese emperors. Anyone who wasn't Han was referred to as differently, using whatever name the Chinese historians would give them. It is only after the Qing dynasty was established in 1644 that the Chinese nation-state expanded from being an exclusively ethnic Han state to include other ethnic groups as well, as the Qing dynasty was a multi-ethnical empire that was ruled, surprise surprise, by non-Han Chinese peoples, by the Manchus, who are a different ethnic group than the Han. By the way, the Manchus are a really interesting ethnic group, and it's an episode I definitely want to cover about them later. So to summarise, from a historical perspective, the idea of being Chinese moved from being exclusively Han to also now including non-Han groups. Therefore, when someone says they are Chinese nowadays, they could also be a Manchu person, or a Hui person, or a Miao person, etc, etc. Outside of China, this distinction is not well known. We just all call ourselves Chinese to save the confusion, even though racially we could be a Han Chinese, or a Manchu, or a Hui Chinese. I wouldn't be surprised if Han Chinese people themselves that grew up in Western countries don't even know what the hell Han ethnicity is. This is why I wanted to talk about the Han people, because I will be referring to the Han a lot in the future episodes, so it's good for all listeners if you understood now what it meant. The Han people have been around in China for over 3,000 years, and originally existed as a series of different tribes around the central China plains area, which in the present day is around the Henan, Hebei, and Shandong provinces in China. Now, the origins of the Han people can be told in a real story or a made-up story. The real one is based on archaeological evidence. The made-up one is a series of mythological tales told by people in the past and written down by Chinese historians. The real story is that from around 6000 BCE to around 2070 BCE, a series of Neolithical cultures existed throughout different parts of China. Generally by this stage, these people had developed agriculture, domestication of animals, and lived off the land, creating small communities. These include the Yangshao culture, the Longshan culture, and the Darwin Coal culture, just to name a few. Now, I'm going to talk about the made-up story, which I find a lot more interesting. I guess it's always interesting to know how people back in the day made shit up to tell their kids what happened in the past. It's like if I kept repeating to my kid, the Great War of China was built to keep the rabbits out like it was real history, then it probably becomes real history. So the made-up story goes that in central China around 4,000 years ago, there were a group of tribes living there. 
A group of these tribes was led by a guy named Huangdi. In English, he's known as the Yellow Emperor. Another group of these tribes was led by another guy called Yendi. They didn't really have much to do with each other until Yendi's group met a group of ferocious people called the Nine Li, and they were led by a guy named Chiyo. Chiyo apparently had 81 siblings. 81, for goodness sakes. So thank goodness they didn't have a PlayStation back then to fight over. And it would have been a problem because he was a fierce fighter. I decided to go online on Google and check out a picture of him. And it was really funny what he looked like and how he was portrayed. He doesn't even look like a human. He's been depicted as a guy having rat legs and a frog head. So I can see why he's a fierce fighter. Because having a rat head gives you a good bite force with its teeth. And a strong sense of smell to smell out your enemies. And having frog hind legs gives you the ability to jump long and high distances and attack your enemy from above. Which is probably why Chiyo kept beating the fuck out of Yandi. So Yandi had to go to the Yellow Emperor Huangdi and ask for help. Basically going, oh help me, help me, help me please. So Huangdi was like, yeah alright, alright mate, I'll help you out. So Yandi and Huangdi teamed up and fought Chiyo. Huangdi apparently had six different beasts that he had trained over time to fight, sort of like Pokemon. Some say these six beasts actually represented six different barbarian groups at the time. I don't know exactly what these six beasts are, but the point is, with the help of these six beasts, they defeated Chiyo and his army in the Battle of Draw Lu. I think Chiyo himself was scared shitless by these beasts. Maybe one of them had two rat heads instead of the one he had. So thanks to Huangdi, they won the Battle of Draw Lu, and everyone recognised him as the leader of all the tribes combined. But that made Yendi a little bit jealous. But, you know, Yendi, if you were good enough, you could have defeated Chiyo yourself, right? So Yendi decided to pick a fight with Huangdi, which I don't think is a good idea because, you know, of the six beasts that he had. So they fought each other, and Huangdi won again. Surprise, surprise. This time, he united all of those tribes under his leadership as a result. So all of these tribes became known as the Hua Sha, and they were the ancestors of the Han people. Today, the Han people are known in Chinese as Yan Huang Zi Sun, which means in English the children of Yan and Huang. Yan being Yandi and Huang being Huangdi. Personally, I really love this origin story. And it's important to know about this story as well because it actually flows into the Xia dynasty, which is the first dynasty recorded by Chinese historians. What makes it interesting as well is that there hasn't been conclusive archaeological evidence that proves the existence of the Shah dynasty as well, which begs the question, not only was my made-up story possibly made up, but did the Shah dynasty exist as well, or was it made up too? The Han people over time migrated to other areas from central China, going in all directions. They would often displace the native population already living there, or integrate with them. Either way, the natives already living there either moved away or adopted Han culture, eventually becoming Han people themselves. This is shown by the differences in DNA between Han people, showing that Han people over time have been linked together more by culture rather than ethnicity. I'll give you a more specific example of this case. This involves the Xiongnu people, who were a nomadic people that lived in modern-day Mongolia at one point and became a huge empire and a threat to the Han dynasty. The Han dynasty had to spend a lot of money and time and men to eventually defeat the Xiongnu. A part of the Xiongnu people eventually migrated southward into Chinese territory, adopted Han Chinese traditions and culture, and called themselves Han Chinese. 
So what really bonds Han people together then as a result is more language and culture rather than just pure ethnicity. Chinese people write in characters, which is totally different from most other forms of writing which use alphabets. These characters are called Hanzi, which means words of the Han people in Chinese, and originate from characters carved on animal bones. There are thousands of these characters today, and they are also used in Japan on a daily basis. In Japan, it's called Kanji, which is actually the Japanese translation of Hanzi. Whilst the written language is the same for all Han people, the spoken language actually varies. For example, there's no such thing as, oh, I speak Chinese, no such thing as that. When you say that, the heck does that even mean? Do you mean Mandarin, or Cantonese, or Hokkien? There is a list of different languages and dialects spoken by Han Chinese people, which are so different that they are basically different languages. My favourite dialect is a dialect from a city called Wenzhou in southeast China. That's W-E-N-Z-H-O-U, Wenzhou. Listen to it on YouTube. It's almost like they're from another planet compared to other Chinese dialects. It is so different, even from the dialect of the city that's only 100 kilometres away. The differences in language is reflected from migrations of Han people all over China that I talked about earlier. When Han people migrated to different areas, the intermixing between Han people and the locals meant that there was also a mixture in their language. Cantonese, for example, is a mixture of medieval Chinese spoken by the Han, as well as the native language of the Bai Yue people who were natives to those southern Chinese regions much earlier. The fact that all these varieties of spoken language can use one written script is unique to Han people, and I really can't think of anywhere else that does this. So it does reflect on the fact that Han Chinese people are same-same but different. Many things in Chinese culture all have roots with the Han people. This includes festivals such as Lunar New Year, Mid-Autumn Festival and the Dragon Boat Festival. And Han people have come up with some very great contributions to our society in the form of inventions such as paper, which I'm going to talk about, as well as art and literature. Han people have also migrated all over the world. And there are heaps of people that are Han who are famous and have done lots of good stuff who are from countries outside of China as well. I think this is where I'll end my talk on the Han people because they, or we shall I say, will come up a lot in subsequent episodes as they will be the dominant people group in Chinese history, especially how the Han interacted with other ethnic groups over the course of time. I know this is a mad flex on my ethnic group, but I really thought I had to start off with an explanation of this group of people, responsible for making me famous in the later episodes, obviously. So thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. I hope you liked my content. Please feel free to comment and give feedback to this episode, or to the podcast in general. Deets in the description box below. Alright, time to go now. Bye everyone, and hope to see you next time on the Bamboo History Podcast. See you later.